Hello, Healthyish fam. I hope you're all really well on this fine Wednesday and that you're in the mood to move your mindset. Why? Well, because most personal trainers that I speak to on the podcast often focus on the best ways to move your body to get the best physical results. But today's guest, Alexis Fernandez, is all about training your brain as well. If you're a keen podcast listener, you may know Alexa's name or her voice from her very popular podcast. It's called Do You Fucking Mind? She's a trained Pilates instructor and personal trainer, but she's also doing a master's in neuroscience, hence her interest in our thinking patterns and behaviours and how that affects the way we exercise or not sometimes. I brought her into the studio to ask her if training your brain is as important as training your body and her answer certainly surprised me. Alexis, hi, and hi. welcome to Healthyish. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming in. Alexis is sitting next to me in real life, which is always exciting. And as I was saying to her before, I'm a big fan of her Instagram account. I think that her perspective on training your brain as well as your body is a very much needed message. So I'm excited to come you to be here and I can quiz you in person Thank about you. this stuff. But <laughs> Something that you kind of repeat over and over is this training your brain. Is it possible to, like you would train your muscles, you'd get stronger glutes and you get stronger, you know, lats or whatever. Can you get a stronger brain? Yes, definitely. So the brain, you know, and you look at strengthening, I always call it strengthening pathways. And there's this saying, you know, that we're always told at uni and it's um, cells that fire together, wire together. So if you're doing a repetitive action again and again or a repetitive thought and you will see this in your life, whether it's for the for the good and also for the bad, that that will get easier to think that thought. So if you look at someone with really strengthened negative thought patterns, it's very easy for them to spiral downwards because they've got that neuroplasticity. It's mm. called like synaptic plasticity, they call it, where it's cells firing together and then wiring together where they're just going kind of down that downward spiral. And mm. you see those people that it's really hard to pull them out of it. And then you see other people that just seem to be able to be quite positive in every situation because that's just how they're wired. And it's purely through repetition of that kind of behavior. So it's definitely Mm. possible to change that. The less you use a pathway, it actually starts to kind of disappear and get thinner and thinner. Kind of imagine a highway versus a tiny, tiny Mm -hmm. like pathway. Mm. So that's the pathways in our brain. The more you use them, the thicker, the wider, the stronger they get. Wow. So we want big, fat highways. Exactly. Like positive thought processes basically that's right that's so interesting so what do you think is more important because you come at this from quite a holistic view in terms of your pilates background as well but is it more important to train your brain first or your body first when it comes to achieving your health goals say you want to you want to get fitter yes where do you start i would actually i would start while i'm all for the brain i would start with fitness because physical activity is what helps you get into a better mental state Hmm. so ideally you want to be doing it at the same time and Hmm. it's not saying that you've got to you know get this gym membership and go every single day something so simple as you know a brisk walk where you're getting your heart rate up even for 20 minutes you're actually going to feel the results 
immediately after. Mm. And that's so for me, when I record a podcast or when I'm studying and I'm getting in a rut, I'll go and exercise for 30 minutes, get back and I'm sharp and I'm mm. able to, you know, because it gets you in a really good state. It's releasing endorphins. It's releasing serotonin and dopamine. You're getting all these feel good neurotransmitters through your brain and then you're more likely to have positive thoughts problem solving thoughts instead of thoughts mm. of feeling helpless mm. and it kind of it's that you set off like a, a chain of events of positive chain of events mm. so that's why I always recommend people start their day with some sort of exercise because then you're going to start your day likely with positive thoughts as well yeah. that's so interesting I um, this is a bit of a side note but I remember when I was at uni and I get stuck in it like a 10,000 word essay and I'd just be like oh my god please make this end I can't get past this impasse you know I've got writer's block I'd go for a run and I used to think that I was doing that to procrastinate but on the run by the end of it I'd figured out the problem and I'm like I know how to argue my way out of it or or write my way out of this thing for the essay and I used to think oh that's kind of a weird quirk but that makes total sense. Yeah, it's actually a release of certain neurotransmitters. And yeah, because you get out of that negative sort of mm. spiral that you're going down, especially, you know, with anyone that's done a uni assignment and there's a deadline and you just get to that point where you feel this, I'm never going to hand this in. Mm. And I've been there many times. In, But now I've found a really positive pattern and that's the same thing. And I love to run. Some people don't. So just do a 10-minute hit session or, you know, yoga. Like mm. every, You're going to find something that works for you. Don't do an exercise that you are hating because then you're going to be thinking about how much you hate it. <laughs> Something that you can kind of switch off and just do it, mm. get the heart pumping, and then you're going to return back to your desk a lot calmer, a lot more focused and feeling good. Mm. You mentioned before about early morning habits, and this is something that is super popular on the website, and every time we do a story on it, it really resonates. Um, and what is it about morning routines that we're so obsessed with or that is so powerful I guess I think the reason why it's so powerful well the brain loves routine or ritual or kind of repetition so Mm. if you can set your morning up in a way where you can I always look at it as my morning sets my day so Mm. if I have a morning where the first thing I do is check my phone and go through all, all the apps then I'm kind of sluggish for the rest of the morning and I notice the difference so mm. I think the brain likes to have that repetition of if I know that I get up I'm going to meditate have water stretch or exercise then have my coffee and then check my phone mm. then I've set myself up that by the time I'm checking my phone I'm wide awake I'm energized I probably want to be on it for a quarter of the time that I normally would be because I've set myself up that I'm really quite motivated to get stuff done mm. in my day now instead of thinking oh I've got to get out of bed I've got to do so it makes a huge huge difference and also your decision Decision-making abilities are the sharpest at the start of the day and they start to diminish as the day goes. Mm. So if you can set your morning up to be, you know, bang, 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 get all these things done, set my brain up to be alert, awake, then I can start focusing and making decisions. Then I don't have to worry about getting stuff done in the afternoon. You can use that time to relax, socialise, do something else that's not really Mm. using heavy brain power. So you've got to apply yourself when you're most likely to actually exactly, do it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this whole three thirty artist, it's a thing. Like it's you've a been, thing. What's yeah, you've been three, using the your three brain. o'clock slump. Yeah. Where you're just like, I'm done. Definitely. I just don't. I just don't have any more ideas. Or I don't yep. have any more words. It's right. a mix between of the circadian rhythm of you know the, our sleep wake cycle, but it's also got to do with the fact that you've you're just expecting so much from your brain, especially if you're working a nine to five by three p.m. If you're trying to have sustained focus for that many hours, it's just not possible. The brain works better in blocks so you want to block it out to like 30 or 45 minutes and then total rest when you're not Mm. focusing on that task 
at all mm. and maybe doing something like either talking to a friend, watching some comedy show, like something completely irrelevant to it so you can have that downtime and then you start that block again with no distractions. Mm. That's how we work better in smaller chunks instead of this old-fashioned idea of thinking, oh, an eight-hour day where I'm focused, it's just not possible. Mm. And it, it is hard, isn't it? And especially mm. now where a lot of people are working from home, there's no natural breaks to that now either. Yeah. So yeah. we are by ourselves in a room in front of the screen. No one's coming in to chat to us. We're not yeah. going outside to get lunch or coffee or, yes. or having meetings with other people. So there is no break in that concentration. There is no break. And also there's the lack of stimulus as well, unlike when you're you know in an office or, like you said, you know going outside in and out of the office. That stimulation helps us stay alert, awake, we're entertained. The brain enjoys being, you know, exposed to new things all the time. And if you're just at the desk, even with myself when I study, I study a lot better, weirdly enough, at a cafe where there's noise Mm. because I think it's just a new environment. And there was a study that was done. I wish I could reference it right here, right now, but I don't have it (laughs) top of mind. But there was a study that was done that showed that I think it was around 80% of people actually perform better when they're in relatively new environments or new things are happening around them a lot of the time. So whether Mm. it's studying at a different cafe all the time or whether it's, you know, different people coming in and out during the day, you're going to hold a better focus than if you're at home in the same room, same desk, same environment, because it gets, I think you get bored or you get you know, complacent, mm, and so it's mm. less likely to focus, mm. strangely enough. No, that actually makes so much mm. sense. Well, I am going to try and mix things up from now on. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it, and I think we might have to have you back. I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> she is a delight, and it's not new what she was saying about why morning routines work, but it has inspired me to put down my phone first thing in the morning and to start my day on a more positive note. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, rate, review and subscribe and then come say hi in our Healthish Facebook group. Until next time, stay healthish. Bye. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.